Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. There are certain symbols or animals or things that shout Easter. There are certain flowers that start blooming. I don't know all the names of the flowers out there. But you can tell that Easter's right around the corner, usually because of certain flowers or plants. Um, When you think about hiding Easter eggs, you know that Easter's around the corner. Excited about being a part of that on Saturday with our children and maybe some people from our community. That, That shouts Easter. They're bright colors, yellow and pink and other bright colors that kind of shout Easter. I'm sure in this room, in both services, there'll be some, some bright colors. I'm, I'm planning on doing a little bit of that myself. Those things shout Easter. I don't know if you like to eat peeps, but peeps shout Easter. Just so you know, my wife loves a good peep. She likes peeps. and So those things shout Easter. Most of us are aware that this is Palm Sunday. And so what we want to do, they're recorded, Palm Sunday's recorded in all four Gospels, but what I want to invite you to do is turn to John chapter 12, and we're going to look at a particular passage that most of us review or read or look at, especially on Palm Sunday, and it shouts Easter. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that after a very basic brief background and then provide it in your worship guide as a breakdown of two or three points that will help us understand what it means. And then we'll make a connection to what we're about to do as believers in partaking of the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. When we think about Palm Sunday, we think about the triumphal entry. Some of you watch the movie, The Passion of the Christ. So you get this, you understand how there were those that were waving the palm branches. They were shouting, Hosanna, which means save us in Hebrew. They were those that recognized Jesus as the Messiah. He came and he was riding on the donkey. We're going to see that. He was not on the white horse, that's to come, but not the first time. He was coming as the suffering Savior. He was coming riding on a donkey that God had providentially provided for him in humility. And he knew what was to come, and yet he still came, not shouting, not upset, not bitter, but willing. He could have done something different, but because Jesus is Jesus, he came in that fashion and in that manner. It was the first day of what we call Holy Week leading up to Easter. And let's just read it. NIV says in John 12, verse 12, the next day after he was anointed at Bethany, A great crowd had come for the festival. They heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, 
Hosanna. I'm sure that there were a number that believed what they were saying and believed that he was the Messiah, but there were some that were just more than likely, quite frankly, they were just a part of the crowd. Sometimes people go to church on a Sunday or during the holidays just because it's the cultural thing to do to be a part of the crowd. So sometimes we look at this and we think, man, how could they do this and then turn around and crucify him? Well, not everybody that was shouting was a follower, genuine follower of Christ. So we need to keep that in mind and be reminded of that. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it was written. Prophecy here, do not be afraid. Daughter Zion, see, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now, I want to pause right there. This isn't a part of your outline, but I want to make a, a statement. As a disciple, we are a learner. My dad used to say, hey, if you ever meet somebody that thinks they know everything there is to know about everything and all the answers, they probably don't even know the questions. He was saying, boy, don't you ever think you know everything. And be leery of those that are super spiritual and think they know all there is to know about all there is to know. You see, as a disciple, we are always learning. We never reach a point where we know everything. And so it says even the disciples were still putting the pieces together and understanding. That's why we have Sunday school classes. That's why we have um, new members class to try to help explain. That's why we encourage devotional life. It's fresh. It's God's word. It's the sword. And it cuts, and it comforts, and it convicts, and it helps us. But we are always learning. Some people are hesitant to jump into the Christian faith or to a Sunday school class. They say, well, I didn't grow up in that. I don't know anything. Listen, we're all learning. Jump in somewhere. Start somewhere. And God will help you. Now, verse 17, the crowd that was with him when they... He realized Lazarus from the tomb that raised him from the dead continued to spread the word because they were amazed at that. And so the crowd built. Many people, verse 18, because they had heard that he, was, he performed this sign, they went out to meet him. So they were curious. So the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the prideful people, those that were enemies of the cross of Christ and Christianity said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look now, the whole world has gone after him. As we look at this particular text and we realize that this shouts, this Palm Sunday passage, Easter, I want us to consider three things briefly. The first of all is this. There is a deliverer. That word Hosanna means save us. I saw you sing so many people with excitement, the song Hosanna. That's a great song. And it reminds us that we have a deliverer, and it's only one. It's Jesus. He 
And this could be an Easter passage as well as John 3.16. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But there's another one. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's not our righteousness. It is Christ's righteousness. He is the one that delivers us from our sin. And so as we recognize Hosanna, he's the one that saves us. And we need to make sure that we've been saved, meaning that we've admitted our sin. We've repented. We've turned from sin and self, works, and put our faith in Jesus alone. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and being certain of what you do not see. But without faith, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is our deliverer. And we should never get over that. Get so immune to that word that we might take it for granted. Reminding myself of the same thing today. He is the one that has delivered me from my wretchedness as a human being because I'm depraved and I'm a sinner. He has delivered us when we put our faith and trust in him. We see that. Hosanna. What else do we see? There's a fulfillment. Fulfilled prophecy. We see that. From Zechariah 9.9. And there are many prophecies that are fulfilled. Jesus rode in Jerusalem on a young donkey. That's chapter 12 and verse 14. The prophet saw Zion's king coming. Prophecies like this one testify to the divine inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture. I love what Frank Harbour, Dr. Frank Harbour, a pastor, an apologist, a professor, said years ago about going from belief to unbelief. Here's unbelief. Somebody doesn't believe, and you want to try to help them. Dealing in apologetics to help them come to belief. And he used the acrostic ramp, R-A-M-P. And he used it to explain there's the resurrection, there's archaeology, there's miracles and there are prophecies. You don't have to park your brain to believe in Jesus Christ. If we'll take our time to be aware of apologetics or what not only Christ has done for us, but what he's done for others and all the other resources that are out there, sometimes we can help people. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, no other religion can claim that. It is unique for Christianity. Archaeology. Over in the Holy Land, different places, there are digs that happen on a regular basis. And if you spend enough time studying that in history, you'll see that archaeology also proves Jesus is real. Miracles, the miracles that he performed to show that he was the Messiah. And the greatest miracle of all is what happened. He died and he rose on the third day. He appeared to over 500 witnesses and he ascended to heaven. Miracles, and then prophecies like this one. If you study enough, you research enough, you understand there is a ramp from going unbelief to belief, resurrection, archaeology, miracles, and prophecies, and this is one that's fulfilled right here. There's a third thing that shouts Easter. There's a deliverer. There is fulfillment. But we got to understand there's a negative bunch. You see, the Pharisees, the religious people were the negative bunch. Folks, the negative bunch 
have been around a long time, meaning those that do not believe God in the Old Testament did not believe the Messiah was coming. In the New Testament did not believe that Jesus was the Christ. In today's world, as we approach Easter, you will read or be able to Google or find many things that make fun of Christianity and our faith and believing in God's word and standing on the truths that never go away. Our methods change from time to time, but the message of the gospel and Jesus Christ and the doctrinal things that we believe like this do not go away. We may participate in different ways, but they're true and they've stood the test of time. Don't be surprised when someone at work or at school might make fun of you or poke at you a little bit for believing in Jesus. They've been around a long time. So what do we do? Do we throw a brick at them? No, that's not, I'm not going to toss this brick today. No, we love them just like Jesus would and meet them where they are and try to be a good example as God gives us opportunities to share the gospel or share the truth or help them understand the ramp, then we do so. And we always keep praying. So we see it shouts. There's a deliverer. It's Jesus. There's a fulfillment prophecy. There's the negative bunch, the enemies, and people need to see joy in us. There's enough enough negativity in the world. And the joy is the fruit of the Spirit as we grow in our relationship with Him. And the Lord's Supper shouts too. It shouts Palm Sunday. It shouts as believers. There was a time that I admitted my sin and put my faith in Jesus. It shouts that Jesus forgives me of my sin. It shouts that Jesus wants fellowship with me. And if something's hindering that, confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It shouts that some of us have a spiritual heritage. It shouts that we've got fine, wonderful Christian friends that aren't perfect, but they're those encouragers. There's one another's. They pray for one another. They help us keep going and taking another step. It shouts that I'm a part of the body of Christ. It shouts that Easter's coming. It's like the Super Bowl for Christians. It shouts that we get to invest in our family members and pass on Christianity like many of our parents and grandparents did to our children and our grandchildren. It shouts. What does it say to you this morning or me? When we observe and we partake and we pass the elements, there's a time of just meditation and reflection. You may close your eyes, you may not. But it is a serious moment to really think about what Christ has done for us. As our deacons are coming forward and our chairman and vice and others begin to come here on the front row, I want to close with this illustration I brought this brick in here, and to you, it's just a brick. You don't have any idea why this particular brick is special to me, but I'm going to tell you. It's kind of like this. As we, in just a minute, 
will observe the Lord's Supper. Somebody that's a pagan, not a believer, they may not understand this, but we do, or we should. Here's what this brick is. My grandfather, A.A. Kitchings, who lived in Clinton, Mississippi, he built a house along with his boys and some other people, as I understand it. I was 12 when he passed away, but I used to go to that house all the time as a kid. And my roommate, years later, who worked at MC, was driving by that property that had been purchased by the Clinton public school system. And they decided to tear the building down, which is understandable because sometimes things are changed and you have to make room for growth. And the school system was growing. So Jim, I took out my roommate, was driving by, and he knew that was my grandfather's house. And so he stopped the car and he went and he grabbed this brick. It didn't really mean much to Jim. It, he, but he knew it would mean something to me. So I keep this brick in my study. And every time I see it, it's a reminder of how grateful I am for a spiritual heritage of my family. But when somebody else sees it, they may not get it or understand it. This is a reminder for all of us as a believer of our spiritual heritage and what Christ has done for us because he left it for us to remember him. So, Lord, I pray that as we observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, that you would speak to us individually and corporately. In Jesus' name, amen. And the scripture says, and he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God, we thank you for giving your life, for your willingness to suffer for our sins. We're very, very grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Lord, it is nothing but the blood of Jesus, and we're grateful. Thank you for what the blood means in the Bible. Thank you that we can sing about it, and as believers, we understand the significance. So, God, we're grateful today to be able to observe the supper on this Palm Sunday. It shouts Holy Week. And it's helping prepare us for the fresh work that we pray and trust by your grace you'll do in our lives and the life of our church. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to stand where you are, sing the song, and if you want to make a decision for Christ, you want to trust Him as your personal Savior. You want to talk to the staff. The staff's going to be here on either side of me. We have invitation councils that will talk to you. They'll not embarrass you. Then this is the time that you come. It may be you come to the altar and pray. That's certainly fine, too. Or it may be you want to take a step and join in the church. 
Sonia had a great room full today, those that have expressed interest, and we're so grateful for that. Maybe today's your day to take that step to say, sign me up for next time, and to make that step to say, I want to be a part of East Haven or explore what that means. This is God's invitation as we sing. Let's sing, be prayerful, and respond as God leads.